0: Welcome to the Realized Gains podcast, a guide to real estate investing. Join our co-hosts, Jordan Lee and Steven Tran, as we interview a diverse group of real estate investors, both amateur and professional. Our goal is to help you understand that anyone can invest in real estate. Tune in to hear creative strategies and learn from both our mistakes and our successes. You can find us where you love to listen to podcasts, on YouTube or at jordanleemortgage.com. People are scared about making that transition... How much more time are you losing and permitting and how much more risk is there doing ground
1: up versus just, um, you know, a smaller flip or renovation? I'd say three things. One is uh, uh, you've got to be aware of, you know, your own personal, to your point, your risk appetite. Like, do you want to make that jump? Uh, two is understand that the process is very different. Mm. And three, have patience with time, right? And so the first thing is risk appetite is you're, you're obviously just, let's start with a simple basic, you're taking out a much larger loan. I think um, working with incredibly great partners is key. So, you know, whether it's a land use firm or a architect that really understands code, you know, now you've got to find people who've worked in the jurisdiction.
0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 30 of the Realized Gains podcast. I'm your co-host, Jordan Lee. I'm a mortgage lender licensed in about seven states
2: based in Portland, Oregon, and I invest in single family homes. And I'm your co-host, Stephen Tran. I'm an Oregon realtor. I'm a multifamily investor and a single family investor. And on today's episode, uh, episode 30, we had an amazing guest, Jason Sue. Do you know anything about him?
0: Yeah, it's a super interesting inter- interview. Jason has a, a great story. He went from working very corporate Fortune 500 to jobs to um, eventually investing in real estate, and then he took his side hustle and made it a a full-time career.
2: Yeah, no, it's pretty great. I mean, we learn a lot. I mean, you know, he's kind of taken advantage of a lot of the Portland laws. I think he's gotten into, uh, you know, building houses and, uh, you know, finishing up the basements to building cottages. Especially.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's really taken advantage of the new code that highlights ADU and cottage clusters. So if you want to learn more about that, you should definitely tune into this episode.
2: Hey guys, welcome to the Realized Gains podcast. I'm Stephen Tran, and I'm
0: your co-host Jordan Lee here, and uh, we're super excited. We have a special guest on today, uh, Jason Sue. Um, do you mind, Jason, just giving us a quick like background about yourself? Um, you know, what brought you to Portland? and kind of how you got
1: interested in investing in real estate yeah for sure no uh, thanks for having me really appreciate the the opportunity uh so yeah my name is jason sue um you know i um just uh, i'll do a quick life story I, uh grew up in texas went to to school in st louis and then uh uh you know got a you know coming out of school got my first uh corporate job in in at coca-cola and so was able to uh just do a lot of, you know, I was in I was in the field of uh, procurement, which is this this idea of like supply chain for indirect goods and services, right? Mm-hmm. And it was just um, kind of a fascinating world. I came in as an analyst, really grew my career there, and was there for about ten years. What What did you study in college that? That got you that position? Yeah, or? for sure. No, I was in a f- finance and supply chain oh, opera- okay. operations. So, oh, supply chain operation was a major at your school. Yeah, it was. It was. So, oh, I did those two things, and it was like a perfect meld of what I needed to do to kind of transition over. Um, the the funny thing is, actually, you know, it was, it was totally a network opportunity. Like, I had an internship, and that that little company was a supplier for Coca Cola, and they made a connection, and I was able to. Mm. really just have the opportunity based on, based on uh, you know, connections. And was really, really fortunate at the time to, to join. So I was there from 2005 to 2012. Okay. And worked, you know, various kind of got promoted a couple different times and did uh, procurement for, again, you know, uh, specifically marketing services. There. Mm-hmm. And so um, one of the, the cool kind of neat random things is the first, one of the first global projects I had there was to uh, source and find uh, polar bears. Like what? the giveaways... Um, so the giveaways that came with your, yeah, your yeah. six pack or something during Christmas, like, you, you know, there's like a whole global supply chain of figuring out how to get those from Asia to your consumers in <laughs> Latin America or the U S. So that was one of the things I worked on. You, you said polar bears, yeah, like the, the, the Coca-Cola
2: bear. polar bears. Yeah, yeah.
1: The little, like the little stuffed animal ones or, you know, the gift with purchase kind of things. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Nice. So after that, um, you know, got, uh, worked up, you know, did, did that for a while, did, uh, different types of. Of uh, marketing, you know, services, and went all the way up to digital media. So that was a, you know, advertising media and kind of digital at the time was new. And I uh, got this, you know, call from Nike, and they were looking to start up their 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 organization for this type of work. And so, um, really grateful the opportunity. You know, moved. Oh, so they kind of headhunted you. Yeah, yeah. They reached out on LinkedIn at the time. That was a bit novel, probably, mm-hmm. you know, you know, 13 years ago or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, but now, obviously, it's the it's the way the headhunters work. So. Uh, yeah they recruited came out to, to Nike to start this this kind of division this, this this uh work for for Nike so and then I was there for uh 10 years did stuff for um you know marketing again and, and Nike which is a just a great opportunity I mean, these two brands are just really great at right. understanding consumers and then uh and then went and worked uh you know led a team in Latin America and, and North America and finally ended up with uh, kind of a transformation lead role for our procurement organization did you have any exciting projects you were working on at
2: Nike specifically? Anything we would know?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, uh, it, it's all it's 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 somewhat you know it's good in service in the background, so you would see the product of it. Like, um, you know, if we negotiated um, uh, an agency, you would have seen maybe some of the advertising or even a lot of focuses on where the media is placed, and so um, you know different channels. Or we we did a pretty good big deal at some point with uh, with Google to make sure that we had, you know rights to the advertising there but also you get data back from google which was mm-hmm. novel at the time because they are just kind of a big platform and you you do your work and then they they kind of keep the information so we we've done deals like that um there's also a lot of stuff behind the surface some of the most fascinating things are um supply chain. so if you think about nike products sitting at point of origin like in in in, in china you've got this whole network of things that have to get it from point A to point B to a distribution center and then like a hub and spoke model to get all your products to people at the right time. So those are some of the bigger deals that are just kind of behind the scenes. Like a normal consumer might not see it, but they experience it because they get their product faster. So if you like, hey, do two-day shipping, like they get it. That's because someone's worked on that for a long period of time (laughs) to make it work. Wow.
2: So you were kind of in the marketing
1: world and the supply chain world at
2: Nike. Like how do those connect? Yeah, Yeah.
1: yeah, our organization is focused on uh, indirect goods and services. So it's – things that don't go into a shoe, uh, don't go into fabric, don't go into apparel, mm-hmm. but everything else. So, um, you know, I break it down to like, there's supply chain, there's corporate and professional services running, you know, from consulting to, you know, all your advisory services, then you have marketing, and then you have, um, you know, your, your retail facilities as well, like the the um, construction, the, the lease management, all mm-hmm. that. And so it's just everything kind of uh, not in the, you know, in the direct line of uh, the product.
2: Okay, that's pretty broad. Actually. Yeah, it's a, it's a larger <laughs> team.
1: It's not just me. <laughs> like, I was gonna say you did a lot. There's a there's a team of about 180 people that are focused on this fear <clears throat> space, um, and and, uh-huh. and 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 really just you know experts at the crap and I was kind of the relationship management between our team and also um, our you know North America our geo counterparts, if you will. Got so, it. Yeah. And, and so during this
0: corporate stint um, when at what point did you kind of get interested in real estate was it from just buying and selling houses on your own or uh, yeah that's no, a good that, how did that happen
1: yeah so um, it's a it's a funny story because you know my, my family was always I kind I come from a family of two engineers right they're always hey work work hard you know get yourself some really good hard skills and kind of kind right. of work in business a very common theme I think and, um, they were disappointed when you didn't become an yeah, engineer. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I I would like to say like I'm a failed engineer. Like at some point, I wanted to be in computer science and figured out like missing missing you know parentheses on the code wasn't I wasn't good at debugging that. <laughs> had to transition to something. Uh, the the supply chain you know major was part of it. It was it was so intuitive to me and it was part of business and it mm-hmm. just made it easier. So anyway, um, uh, you know, I I came here and my my wife's family is a bit more like. I would say real estate Saturday had always done a okay. little, you know, passive things here and there. So in 2013, after landed a job, bought my own house, we just decided to take a flyer. We we're like, Hey, why don't we just buy something somewhere? So we found this property in North Portland. Oh, you were already in Portland at this time. Okay. I was already in Portland at the time. And, uh, you know, we, we bought this property and I was like, Hey, it might be like a, Ten thousand dollar mistake. Like, just, let's try it. Let's see what happens. Let's form an L. Mistake. What do you mean? Like, like it, it, if worse comes to worse, you have to sell it. And you, uh, it doesn't <laughs> cash flow. Like, you just sell it and take a take a bit of loss. Right. So We just kind of did a. Experiment. And so it turned out to be a really good purchase. It's in 2013, north, Port- north Portland. yeah Okay. I bought North Portland in 2012. Yeah, yeah. Uh where which part of North Portland? It's uh closer to the industrial side. It's okay. like north of north of the St. john's Strip and all that.
0: Oh okay, closer yeah. to St. John's. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah a little east of there. Okay, yeah, cool. yeah,
1: yeah. For sure. And you know, it's it's a it's a good it's a good place. But it really what it taught me wasn't necessarily that particular property. What it taught me was like, hey, there's there's things that you can do, there's ways to structure this, like you know, think about but yeah, you bought investment.
0: this as a, an investment. This wasn't where you were living. Right. Correct. Okay. Correct. Yeah.
1: Okay. So uh, that's what got me kind of interested. Like, hey, worked it out. You know, did I'm a spreadsheets kind of guy, so yeah. I, I laid out everything, put you know our reserves in, and tried to figure out month to month how to adjust things, how much capex to put in. Um, and did did all the the kind of touch up, really, you know, paint and finish. You stuff. did that so, yourself. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, we bought the property. Then we found out my, my wife was pregnant, and I was like, you know, I'm going to do all the painting. Don't don't worry about coming. You know, just <laughs> just yeah. Just, uh, uh, yeah but you
0: guys were doing it together. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah. she was also interested, yeah, exactly. in,
0: and you were doing it with the intention of flipping to start with, or or uh, no, a long hold.
1: Buy hold. Yeah, it was a, cool. a long term long term thing. Just. uh, yeah, give, and you know, then the price was
2: what, like one eighty, two hundred. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Okay. What was
2: the the neighbor? I wasn't here back in twenty thirteen in the St. John's area. What was that neighborhood like back then? Um,
1: you know, it's it one of the, the points of contention we had was because it was on the back end um, near Cathedral Park. It was closer to the more industrial part of town, and you know, back then I I think we lucked out because it was you know you saw some steel bars in front of doors yep. and and um, you know, we've obviously checked in or had rent, rent turnover, and you'd see that place turn. Um, so there's a, lot, a little less of that. It's a little. It seems more f- uh, friendly nowadays. And it's just, um, you've, you saw that subtly, right? It wasn't like one sure. month to one month. It was just things got, you know, there's developments going here, there's a few other things happening there. So mm-hmm. um, it's definitely, you know, um, I, I would say, gotten better as a neighborhood, but also you, you can kind of see it over time, which is part of the, mm-hmm. the experience that we had, right? No, It takes time. I mean, I've seen like the food carts
2: pop out there. Right. I mean, you're, is it near UP kind of?
1: Yeah, it's a little yeah, north, northwest of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you
2: no, know, I've, I've seen it getting really nice, getting trendy. So right. I'm sure your appreciation has been
1: pretty good on that. Yeah, so, it's been decent. Yeah. Yeah. And you still have that property? So we still have that. And nice. uh, that just kind of whet the appetite. So... Um, you know we we went and right. how did
0: you structure that one did you uh, did you put like 25 percent down or
1: very very traditional okay. you're you're 20 down investment okay. property uh traditional 30-year fixed loan exactly didn't,
0: didn't have to do any renovations to get through the appraisal yeah. or anything like that
1: not for the appraisal we just did kind of did it on our own Refreshed it painted mm-hmm. it um ourselves and, and and did that but yeah it was very sort of i, I guess your traditional mm-hmm. passive like first time kind of project right nice yeah and then... Um, and then did you hire
0: someone to help you lease it up or did you figure out that part as well? Well,
1: you know, this is before uh, Oregon, I guess, tenant law got got a little complicated. So we we did it ourselves. Uh-huh. Um, but also we, you know, we researched heavily, hey, what, what the leases are best practices, how do we do the move in, move out, what kind of notices do we have to do? So we learned a lot in that Okay, understanding the, the tenant process. I feel like the platforms for...
0: For renting homes out to were less than too. Yeah. What did what did you use for that? How did you
1: advertise it? Oh, uh, it was definitely Craigslist.
2: Craigslist. Oh, so, that, so you did. <laughs> I'm getting no hints on Craigslist now. Yeah. It's all Facebook Marketplace nowadays, I think.
1: Yeah, you could. Yeah, back then it was it was Craigslist. Um, we, you know, we we got a good few good um, you know uh, leads there, and then mm-hmm. over time we transitioned over to we've had luck with. Um, uh, Cozy, not you know, co at some point, and, and Zillow Rentals. We actually get quite a number of hits on Zillow Rentals. That, that that does pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've like transitioned. to back then it was it was totally a paper check every month kind of thing for the first two or three okay. years. And then wow. and then we like you know it's the convenience of ACH both for you know your tenant experience and also your, yourself is way better.
2: Yeah, I was going to give an FYI that cozy.co is now apartments.com. apartments.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just in case anybody's looking for it because I, I started with cozy as well yeah. and they forced uh, me to transition over. Apartment bought them. Yeah, yeah apartments.com. Mm-hmm. So everything's through there. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat>
0: Okay. So that was the first one. And then how, and then you, you liked it. You realized that it, you could do it while doing your day job or the managing wasn't too much for you. Yeah.
1: It wasn't too much. And we, you know, I, I would say we, we sat, um, you know, like we sat with it for a while. We didn't do one. We'd always been looking right. And then the round, um, 2019 we had we had something kind of random random cascade of things up and we had we had a, a a massive kitchen leak like it came out of our house and there was water dripping wait this th- is your personal home or personal home, home okay personal home right
0: oh, okay so you didn't buy another property between 2013 yeah, and 2019 and then 2019 something happened at your yeah. house
1: yeah yeah for sure um and so at our personal house we had um, a water leak and i was you know Dra it was like Thanksgiving weekend it was hard to get of anyone. <laughs> happens at the best time yeah. you're like oh it's everyone's
0: always in. the oven or something <clears throat> in the kitchen during Thanksgiving yeah
1: no uh, so we we ended up um, uh asking around right and yeah. I, I had uh this this coworker of mine his his husband' had been doing um you know I'd been in real estate, but also did some, some g c stuff, so I talked to him and he started working in her house and what I realized right away was that you know he wasn't he was into real estate and I was like this was just a you know a thing he was doing now and we we got to talking about uh-huh. uh, investing kind of more broadly and so uh, we finished that project up and then you know um, started talking about hey different ways we can, we can partner together and at that time you know again I was I was Nike doing a W2 uh, wasn't looking to leave at that time really just trying to figure out how I could do something kind of cool on the side that was was real estate so I was a uh, kind of a second position investor for a couple of projects that we ended up doing together. And so um, brought money to the table so that we could take down a project. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, boots on the, the ground. hands on, yeah. Right, and then we would, um, you know, talk at night and, and, you know, look at the deal together, make sure we were aligned on what was going on there. And, and it kind of grew from there. We did, you know, two or three of those and then started getting into larger and larger deals.
2: Can I ask, was there any clashing since you were in second position, you weren't really making decisions?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think um, my partner, I were even in that second position kind of arrangement. I, I think we were um, always pretty open about how we were doing. Obviously, there are things I can't, you know, I can't step out of a meeting at my day job and say, hey, what's the, you know, what's the bathroom towel going to look like? But um, um, but he he made some, you know, we just had to kind of trust each other. And so it came from it started with that really. It's like, hey, you he had a really good vision for how it came together and we would work on the back end to say, Hey, does this deal now pan out? What are the what are we trending? Where's the forecast? Like a lot of analytics on the deal and how we would refinance out. Um, so these were all still buy and holds. Yeah, they're still buy and holds. Yeah. And so
0: how did you guys on paper structure your partnership then?
1: Yeah. Uh, we we did it kind of you know the first few or second position, and then we got to a point where we were just, hey, we're gonna do a 50, 50 on this. I was bringing. Okay. you know capital I was bringing, um, also you know some family investment money just to mm-hmm. just to front some of the deals. And then um, most importantly, I think we were spending a lot of time analyzing deals together. And we okay. got pretty comfortable with you know a risk appetite and also just understanding how they how they how they came together, what the profitability was at the end. Like we built a lot of good. I would say, um, understanding of each other's kind of uh, approach to these projects.
0: And so the mechanically you were still doing, start with a private loan, private money loan, right. and then re- rehabilitate it, and then refi, refining out into yeah. just a normal mortgage where yep. you were both on the note, you were both financeable?
1: Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, so, um, you know, the, the first couple projects were definitely, you know, and, and I think what made the difference was that this was a, it wasn't a habitable home. Like the first couple that we bought were, um, estate sales or even homes that you couldn't like our first project literally was already down to the studs the mm-hmm. owners couldn't um didn't finish the remodel for mm-hmm. years and just sat vacant they got like halfway through the project or whatever Yeah exactly and then the basement we have pictures of it um the basement was just lit just had junk there were, like dead rodents everywhere Ooh, <laughs> it was supposed to be that I've been there Yeah yeah and uh and so um you have to have some chops to say we're going to construct it so we took a house down this is on southeast division and 52ndish mm-hmm. that area and we um purchased it we um did a whole full gut renovation and built a you know had enough headroom in the in the basement to make it into adu oh nice huh? so we built a we renovated the house in adu uh took about say maybe like seven months it took longer than we anticipated but we we did it and then we did a, a traditional kind of refinance mm-hmm. out uh we didn't it didn't really burr out because i think the had know, construction. Some to or yeah, a little bit. I think that's okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's a, it's a win. It came out. Uh, rates were pretty good back in the day, I'd mm-hmm. say. And so, you know, we cash flow relatively well. And that was like a proof point, like, hey, the the partnership model works, we know how to finance it, we know kind of the mechanics. And also, we have the capability of taking what was really, you know, a, a kind of a property with a lot of problems, yep. and fix it and make it into something that that, yep. that you know, works. And just a quick note, because uh, I know there's, I have a lot of
2: clients who are looking to build ADUs in their basements. Do you know the legal height that you need to have to build
1: an ADU? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it, I don't remember the exact. height. I think it's because I'm, I'm living. Yeah, it's like 74 inches or something. But I, I remember what you have to have is you have to account for um, the floorboard, like whatever flooring substrate you want to put on, and then the the fire protection and also um, the 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 um, drywall yeah and so you know if you measure head height from from basement to there are two things right the basement to the joist you have to subtract those numbers in order to get your head height. i think it's six seventy it's around 70 inches you have to, to look and the other aspect is if you look at the whole basement um, you'll want to. It's it's a percentage of that cover. So if an inspector comes and says like, "Hey, I'm, I'm spot checking. There's mm-hmm. enough head height, but some areas of the basement can be right, a little shorter." I was going to ask
2: yeah, because there's a lot of times they have venting and everything that comes down pretty short. Right. So I don't, right. I'm like, okay, does this count? Like, does this yeah. have to be above head height? So yeah,
1: venting. They they exclude HVAC chases like the, mm-hmm. So you're looking at basically like your finished surface to finished surface, and that has to be. And I forgot the exact number actually, and, and, but yeah, that's kind of where we're sitting
0: okay interesting and
1: and did you have to like dig it out at all uh, <laughs> i've heard about those projects it can be can be real hard um it is it is it is not only hard it's extremely expensive yeah. Be, yeah right and so, so you did do it. we have we have uh, there is one project actively now where um, instead of digging down uh, and this is my my partner's project um put it on stilts oh, and jacked raised, up, up mm-hmm. the hide house and then you have to excavate and you have to fill foundation and set it back down which is a which is an expensive endeavor. It's how that, expensive you're talking over, over six figures for sure.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah. So you you only want to do that in neighborhoods where it comps out and makes sense, right? It, it really, um, it shines with that. So it, yeah, it's a tool to use in a very specific situation, I'd say. <laughs> right.
0: Right. Okay. So partnerships going, you've done a couple of deals at this point. Yeah. Um, were are you just continuing down the line with the partnership? Yeah. Or did you eventually branch out on your own or how did that process?
1: Yeah. So we, we, we kind of doubled down. So we did a couple of those, you know, duplex type of, you know, house and ADU remodels, experimented that model. And then, oh, so you
0: kept, you liked the ADU model because of, of yeah. the extra income for without the extra price per script, but right. So now,
2: and so you're like, okay, we're going to keep doing this. So you're just, well, with these ones that you're building the house with the
1: ADU, so you're just renting these units separately? We're renting them separately, yeah. Okay. yeah, and uh, Long term. Long term, for sure, yeah.
2: Okay, and you didn't want to experiment with anything short term, midterm?
1: You know, um, we haven't. You know, it's it's something on our docket to to look at a little more. Obviously, it's really, you know, a lot of people do it these days. I, I think we haven't really kind of Dived in to see how we can scale that and operate it. I mean, it. if it's not broken, don't fix it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: you're making money, like <laughs> a little bit more money, and it's it's an active business. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's active, which which is helpful in some ways, right? So if you you have a W two and you want to make it active, so take some depreciation of the property. You think about that. You know, this is a plug. Talk to your CPA. But um, that's one one way to to make things active. So you you can you can kind of you know use it in a tax advantage way. But uh, most of our stuff has been, I mean, almost all of it right now is just long term holds. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So you kept doing ADUs, and then are you are you still doing that model, or what are you? Yeah. Doing? So this is a good question. So we, we we did that model, and then concurrently, right? You have to kind of pay attention to what the the city is doing. So uh, there are two kind of legislative efforts that really changed our game a little bit. One's mm-hmm. Rip One and Rip Two, and basically, without going into the details, it allows for people to develop on properties and put more ADUs on and also, you know, eventually branch out into cottage clusters, which came into effect, uh, July. And, um, that, that really, you know, that took the model of a, a house and ADU and sort of turned it on its head. Right. If you got, a property with some land in the back you could start building more adus or even convert the whole Converted thing into, into condos right yeah a cottage cluster or you can cot you know condo oh,
0: what's sorry what's the difference between a co- yeah.
1: cottage cluster and a condo so this you know it's relatively recent so you know uh, the general concept is if you have the right amount of space mm-hmm. um, and you have enough setbacks and things you can put the you can buy a home with land on it yep. and build cottages Mm -hmm. uh, in the backyard of the side yard and so the cottage
0: you own the land when you when you buy a cottage or is it like a condo and you don't
1: really own uh you well when you get well let me um so you build these i'll get to it you'll you you build these cottages up right and then at the end there's a expedited land division process so all these homes if you do it the right way Um, get split up into fee simple homes. Okay. And you own as if it were a, a, a just like a know, single, property. normal single bank.
0: so the difference is is that you can you can subdivide afterwards. correct. Instead of doing it before. Right.
2: So there's no real actual difference between a cottage and a just a regular ADU
1: in a sense. In uh, terms of like the actual like yeah.
2: the requirements for
1: it. The requirements are actually yeah, they're they're a bit more deep and intense, right? And so um if you build ADUs, you can tap into kind of your You know electrical sewer like you you can kind of party line it i guess right they can bring those elements to those adus in a different way yeah if you do cottage clusters the rule is there's got to be common area that you spec out so you've got to have a a, you know kind of a general easement for that and then each one of the units has to have its own access to utilities.
0: Well, the big difference would being yeah. is that you don't have to spend that upfront subdivision right. and per like, I mean, you'll still have to get permits, but right. normally when you partition out all your land It's a huge cost up front. So you might do like, you know a little bit at once right. But in this in this with a cottage cluster, okay, I, I never understood that difference. That's, <laughs> yeah, so you,
1: you That's plan, great. yeah Yeah, you plant you you plan it out in the head and and the 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 gist of it is really that these provide really great affordable housing options for Portland. So if you look at the average selling price of a house right now, Mm -hmm. 515, goes up and down based on, you know, which month you're looking at. But, you know, these allow you to put uh, homes that are, can be a little bigger than ADUs, can be bigger than 800 square feet. You know, maybe there's an average that you have to hit, Mm -hmm. Um, but you can sell slightly larger homes, um, but they're fee simple, they're not attached you know, to anything else, and it's it's a really great way for uh, home buyers to get into home ownership.
2: Uh, how big are these lots usually that you're throwing on cottage clusters?
1: Yeah, so it, it's it's both a lot. So um, you know, a, a standard lot in Portland, if if the primary home, if you're knocking it if you're not knocking it down, has to be off to one side, and then you can fit uh, a couple of cottages. But that's the you know, it's um, a standard <clears throat> size lot can fit it. It's actually it actually kind of comes down to what you do with the existing. I see. You know, so, like so a we,
0: standard five thousand square foot lot, yeah. you could fit two or three, yeah. maybe on
1: it, yeah. in oh, wow. if if the home was in the right spot. Right, right, right. Yeah. So we, you know, when we look at these, we drive by and see, hey, is there a driveway? Was there a garage in the back? How much yard space? And we back into, hey, kind of the setbacks. Um, but that's that's where we've started focusing our business. So um, if we go back to the, the 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 ADU concept that we were talking about, we went from that to then buying, um, you know, double lots for a while mm-hmm. and taking taking those and developing them as, as house ADU, house ADU. So we buy a larger lot with a line of record, we do a partition line uh-huh. adjustment and then we do a house ADU, house ADU.
0: So this contractor
1: partner of yours,
0: is he, was he, did he learn how to build from ground up or yeah. did he just, or did you partner with someone else too or he just figured it out or he had already done that before? Um,
1: he had, uh, before we met, he had done some You know uh, g6 like building for others so Mm -hmm. he knew how to build from ground up okay um and when it came to these projects we got more involved in it right now as we own the project and so um you know he's he's got he's just um really knowledgeable what we can build and also and so we were able to plan really kind of thoughtful you know you know um, layouts for our, our what we're trying to build and that would you know that would that really was an end product, right? And we'd work with, with with it and try to figure out, do we sell them? Or, so, um, in the second model, I'm talking about this: there's the development for sale, mm-hmm. right? And we have one more of that model selling right now: uh, Southeast Duke and 67th um, Avenue. And that's the same model. We took a, a piece of land, we <coughs> partitioned it off into you know three lots, and built a house and ADU on all three. So there's mm-hmm. six units there. Wow. And then we uh, condoize all of them, and we're going to oh, sell nice. them. Oh, so you know, can sell also. all the ADUs separately right. from the from the houses, right? And so that you know that was really um, model two, and now we've moved on to what we just talked about, which is hey, you know, trying to f- find cottage clusters to, to develop, and that feels like our bread and butter mm. right now at
2: this point. And the cottage clusters can be sold individually, also like in yes. a condo, like
1: yeah you can do it you know it for simplicity. And you can get traditional financing on them right right if it's fee simple Where, yeah whereas
0: um the the condo dies they use it's going to be harder to get traditional financing yeah. just because of the like price per square foot and the yeah. I, I mean it, it's yeah it's
1: harder to comp out right yeah it's it's harder to comp out but also have our, you have people been able to get traditional they financing have been on and them? and part of the differentiation is when people think when you, you hear the word condo right what do you think like uh, multi-step, like you're sharing floor ceiling, for the ceiling, right? Yeah. And these things that we have are... Detached condos. Yeah. Right, exactly. So they, they're own their own unit. There's limited common elements, which is kind of like their own yard space. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a fence line. And so it feels like your own home. It, and so that... What are you that,
0: selling them for?
1: Yeah, kind of, you know, it, kinda, it depends on neighborhood of Portland, uh-huh. obviously, right? So, um, you know, our pro forma show them selling, you know, on that low end, you know, 375 to 550,
0: and, and these are about how many square feet? Eight hundred. Oh, okay, so you're making them full size. Yeah, yeah. One one person I talked to, yeah, I remember the condo. He it was like three hundred square feet, and it was oh like a thousand per God. square. It are was like a thousand me? per square foot. You know, Yeah, like it's, a hard, it's, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's a hard product to sell. That. Yeah. yeah so that's a... if
0: this is a more reasonable price per square foot. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so it's true. easier to comp out. Then. Right, right, exactly. Um, yeah. Okay, that makes sense, man. And so I guess you know, I've talked to a lot of people about going that route of building ground up versus just doing renovation for a fix and flip or a fix and hold. Talk to us about, a lot of people are scared about making that transition. How much more time are you losing and permitting and how much more risk is there doing ground up versus just, um, you know, a smaller flip or renovation?
1: Yeah. You know, um, I, yeah, it's a good, it's a, it's a different mindset, right? So I think a couple, I'd say three things. One is that uh, you've got to be aware of, you know, your own personal, to your point, your risk appetite. Like, do you want to make that chunk? Uh, two is understand that the process is very different. Mm. And three, have patience with the timing, right? And so the first thing is risk appetite is you're, you're obviously just, let's start with a simple basic. You're taking out a much larger loan to do right. this. Right. And a yeah. lot more time where you just bleed. Right. In. And so I think, um, working with incredibly great partners is key. So, you know, whether it's a land use firm or a architect that really understands code, you know, now you've got to find people who've worked in the jurisdiction. Well,
0: yeah. Well, well, what does that team look like? So obviously there's you and your partner, right? Right. And right. You're the developers. Who else do you have to have that's
1: working on all the building this kind of structures? Do so you have an architect. So we, we um, typically um, partner with someone who works on land use planning, so can okay. really research zones, setbacks, take you through an application process. Mm-hmm. Then we they do the pre-app with the city. Right, exactly. Okay. And then you find, um, uh, then you know, if you have a permit-heavy development, find a, a permit running, you know, permit due diligence company that will take will be able to navigate the city for the specific, like the technical permits. Okay, so you your general
0: for. contractor is not touching the permit process. Yeah, you, have um, a...
1: you know, you, you have to do some of it, but, but some of the, the, the more um, intensive ones, right, you do. And then um, an architect, and these three okay. work together to right. build kind of the product that you're thinking about.
0: And and what is your timeline then? <laughs>
1: timeline <laughs> and, ex- and expenses for these yeah. people that you're You, you know with. those advertisements, like your r- results may vary. Um, it, it it depends, right? It, Let's it, say decent conditions, you know, yeah, yeah, nothing yeah. crazy comes. You're, up. you're looking at probably anywhere from nine months to eighteen months. Okay, right. And so you've got to. This is, goes into my third point around like patience. You've got to have enough reserves to go through that process, and you, you're going to get knocked down a bit, right? You're going to have say, some yeah you know, holding costs for eighteen months. It, sound really rough. Yeah, <laughs> they are. So you got to be prepared for it. Uh, but it's it's um yeah it's no it's kind of knowing basically you know, how to, how to take those hits a little bit, right. You might get hit up with one department and have to go back and redraw. And, and so, um, working with the right partners can avoid most of it, but there's still stuff that comes up that you have to, you know, be and I'm sure they're not cheap either. Yeah. The, the, the
2: land use people and the architect yeah. and yeah.
1: and all those folks, they need to be paid up front. Not when the deal closes. Yeah, for sure. They're, yeah. they're, you know, they're, they're, they're doing their work for right. you, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and sort of... And a, is some of that
0: repeatable? Like, are you repeating some of these architecture costs among... because you're, let's say you're doing four whatever cottages, and then next time you find a similar lot, are you able to repeat some of that architecture,
1: or is it not really? Can, you just, can I
2: just use those plans at least last time? You know, <laughs> you know
1: it, it, um, we haven't done so. I think you can. Um, we haven't done so because we have been experimenting with our business model. Oh right? that's true. And so You're gonna figure out what and, you like and the so they, they don't the the space requirements are a little different. And and by the way, cottage cluster code is, varies by jurisdiction. So every single mm. county has implemented a, mm. a slightly different variation. So the state set like general you know, guidelines, right? And then and then each jurisdiction is customized a little bit of like how big they can be, et cetera. And so every every single project may look a little different.
0: So this rule, this zoning for cottage clusters, that's for the whole state, it's not just Portland?
1: Yeah, it's for the whole state. Uh, oh. Well, I mean, it, it only, there's a Our certain 20, density. Or 12, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Oh, okay, exactly.
0: that was part of the new, okay, I wasn't sure about that. So. The, to very, I it's gonna be the
1: largest city so yeah.
0: you could do it in any city in in Oregon if you
1: wanted to yeah as less. long as as long as the, the density of that that's assuming it's would, enough yeah, 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 density yeah. I'm okay. gonna okay.
2: need you to come by one of my properties <laughs>
1: <laughs> take a look at it yeah.
2: well no. I mean this
0: is a brilliant example of how changing the code in, impacts building for, for smart folks like yourself that are like ahead of the curve too I mean other people are probably figuring this out
1: but yeah and it's and it's um yeah i think it'd be too kind you know you, you I, I call it experimenting i don't think it's any smart like all of us have access to the state you know the code and there are people I, i'm sure people, someone's going to watch this podcast be like ah oh, jason's not right on x y and z um and so but the, the reality is you know we all have access to the same code and you can kind of they're are enterprising people that are taking the code even probably further than we are thinking about building um those cottages in different ways or using the code because there's you know you can do triplexes and do like there's a whole right we're focused on the cottage cluster because we we like that product we like that approach and you know we're actively experimenting with it but
0: i mean i really like the idea of being able to partition afterwards
1: yeah it's it's a game changer because i think if you think about our consumer right it's a it's a home that's a little smaller than the average size it is also more affordable and so if you think about i talk about this a lot like the the life cycle i'm going to draw this way, the life cycle of a of a home buyer you're targeting first-time home buyers mm-hmm. You know, um, early families, right? Mm-hmm. Who are not looking for a ton of space, want to live somewhere hip and cool, not out, mm-hmm. you know, Beaverton or Tigard, right? Uh, in town, and then you have um, traveling execs, empty nesters, mm. and and maybe um, your your sort of furnished folks, right? So like your your traveling nurses, et cetera. And there's not a lot of product that target these two sides of the of the spectrum. Well,
0: how can you if it costs four hundred, five hundred thousand right. dollars to buy a lot in Portland and, and and get the permitting
1: done, right? Right, you right. can't. unless you do a cottage class right and then the the secondary thing is that it it really achieves the goal i think you know even though the whole times you know the holding costs are are quite a bit in the end result is that you achieve this idea of you know more affordable housing for portland i'm not talking about you know like section i'm just talking about hey things that are cheaper than the median price that an average homeowner can go hey i want to check this out it's maybe it's only 1200 square feet or a thousand square feet but it's uh but it's not, you know, your median home price and you can get into it.
0: Well, and just from
2: a supply perspective, right? You're yeah. turning one lot into five or six right. units. Yeah, right. just speeding it up. I mean, I know the partition process in general can take like what, like a year?
1: Yeah, you yeah. Know, I know it's,
2: poorly can't wait that long, you know?
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's a, it's so we're, we're actively working on it, you know, that's a. Producing, producing supply of these kinds. So, uh, sorry.
0: And do you have you have active projects? Have you finished some of these cottage ones already?
1: Yeah, um, we have not finished them. The, the code that for cottages in particular um, went in effect in July. Went Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we 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 have uh, we're close to being you know submitting for our first one. Okay. Um, and then we have we actually have two. So this is guys. exciting. It's yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's coming. So it's a We'll live. bring you back once yeah. once. In. Yeah, sure. I, I was going to say, sure. say,
2: how's working with the city with these brand new rules? Like, are they all up to date? No. know what to do? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, it's got to be hard for them, too. Yeah. yeah. No,
1: I, I think I think these um, these things are always theory and application. Right. Mm-hmm. So one of the things about cottages is that each one of those lots has to have its own. Access to sewer. It can't be yep. a part. can't be a party line like you would have. With, you could do with an ADU. Correct. And what the city is finding is, if you're building eight cottages, let's just assume there's a huge lot somewhere with eight cottages, they want you to package technically eight taps to their sewer line. Mm. That's that's really that's incredibly taxing on the city. I don't think the city wants you messing with that many sewer taps. And so when they're going through this code, they're also coming to the, the realization, oh that. May not be the best interest for like our our system and our you know our our, mm. our 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 sewer system, and so they're also working with hey what are the implications? So I think there's like we're kind of on the you know on the edge of it because there there's there's regulation in place, and then we're putting it into practice and we're seeing how the city responds and adjusts. And I'm sure there'll be adjustments. I'm sure yeah. the city will come up with um, some things. But you know when you're at that edge, you're also having to sit a little bit through that process of saying hey does this make sense? Is this this is right for what we're trying to do and then having them respond so there's there's those kinks that need to be worked out but we feel like it's a great Way to continue to learn and grow our own skill sets while this is happening, even though it can be a little, you know. Challenging. You change the rules to be better for us.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's well, I don't, I don't, You know, I, would, lo- I, I would love a party line with cottages. That'd be in- great instead of eight lines, you know, two feet
1: apart. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the, there's like a, you know, everyone has to have a diagram of like, hey, this, these are sewer, here's water. Like, it, it becomes like a little bit of a Jenga chessboard, right? De- definitely don't stick
2: your shovel in the ground because you're gonna hit something for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, uh, can you tell us a little bit about just kind of balancing your W2
1: and yeah. all this and obviously what's going on now? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, um, oh, wait, that's a, that's a long story. So I'll take, you, you know, from 2019 until the end of 22, I, I, you know, working with my partner and, and it's, um, and I was at a full-time job at Nike and, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into it. So to long, you know, the. So from two thousand nineteen to uh, again twenty, the end of twenty two, like December, I was again working full time, and, and and the keys to it were kind of different at the time, right? I was more finance and operations, but also, you know, I I kind of vowed to myself I wasn't taking like company time to do it, so I was fully dedicated. I was working, you know, my nine to five, and then um, really took. Um, you know had to line ex, you know just with my partner around hey what are the things I'm gonna take on and what are the skill sets you bring you know he's um, on the site developing and doing construction and I was on the back end sort of doing you know our our basically our you know all our financial due diligence our modeling and we we'd align at night and um, so did that for all the projects that, that, that were going on in the time and then around um, you know around the summer of last year we started talking in earnest about hey what would it be like if i just came on Mm full-time and that was another sort of alignment with a year a partner like hey how does this work like he's had a lot of you know decisions that he's making on the on the ground i'm you know i'm i'm working asynchronously with him and how does that work and how does that become okay we're we're actually going to do this at the same time so um made that you know uh we we did some work over the summer just to really figure things out, and then I, I fully transitioned and left my, my my job in January this year, and came on full time to do to do uh, this work. What did your What did your wife say? Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm gonna <laughs> talk about it. So it's 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 um, I mean you you can't <laughs> you can't you have to do it with, with it, yeah. you know with with uh, your family. So of course, yeah. Uh, what I would say is that the 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 keys to that success I'll, I'll kind of list them out as sort of. Um, you know, understand your, your reasoning, yeah. right? Um, then kind of understand what you can bring to the table mm-hmm. and then understand trade-offs. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, trade-offs are funny because it's one of those things that no one wants, to, like, you know, if you look on LinkedIn, everyone's like, you can have it all. You're like, you can't right. really yeah. have it all. <laughs> like, um, if my wife, wa- my wife's going to watch this and, and she's funny, um, because there's this quote I like from Randy Zuckerberg is, uh, um, Mark's sister mm. from, from, from Facebook. And, and she said, uh, what is it? Work, sleep, friends, family, fitness, pick three. Mm. And so it's, it's, and it, I, 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 that Probably is a little harsh, and it feels that way. But you, you've got to kind of figure out, hey, if I'm going into this, what are the things I'm, we're going to slow down on so I can enable this work? So, um, I committed to doing the the, the job full time, and then at night I would hop on with my my partner. We'd crank through spreadsheets. I was doing yeah. this three days a week from eight to one in the morning or Oof. eight to twelve. Yeah, you know, I'd come come home from the job, like have dinner with the kids, and she would um, she would you know. Um, uh, You know hang out with them and get them to bed and i'd be downstairs like just hardcore (laughs) cranking numbers looking at plans working with a partner and um it was kind of a a gruel i mean i did that for almost two and a half years Mm -hmm. and um i'd like to think that you know the the you know i i kept up my my end of the bargain like i was still you know doing my job but i was just really dedicating time to it and what what i felt like i i traded off was you know, we didn't we didn't really hang out as many with friends. I you know, and I right. wasn't spending as much time as I could have on the kids. I tried to make it on the weekends, but it's just hard to to yep. make it all work. But that commitment was what was needed, and um, and I really was passionate about doing this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of the the. So yeah, my 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 wife was definitely involved in that process. We definitely had a lot of discussions about it got it. you know but overall i think the, the vision was that hey let's let's build something here mm-hmm. and uh she she's a she's also a big uh, you know advocate of real estate as a as a as a asset class and interested in, in what we're doing so yeah
2: awesome no that's great and i mean i i love that you
1: made that jump
2: you know it's it's a tough one to let go of the w-2 yeah. the insurance uh, the 401k all the things
1: yeah and it's you know i would say like this is you know, I'm the, I would always say, hey, this is my experience, right? This is my personal experience, I'm gonna tell you. Um, a corporate job, like, the, there's a real trade-off, right? A, a corporate job is great for a lot of folks, right? It, it, it does meet a lot of needs. It, even if you talk about benefits and comp and all that aside, it gives you an instant network, you know, there's yep. a bit of regularity to it. Yep. Um, you know, you're, you're you're working, if you like, if you're working for a company you like, or the culture you like, there's, there's something to that, all right? right? But the the what drove us to eventually make this move was more of this concept of I, I worked at Nike in a in a role that was really built for larger companies. Like my specialty in procurement is, is it's a Fortune 500 thing. Like you don't you don't need this skill set for a medium-sized right. company. So what I was looking at was, hey, Nike's a great company, but at the end of the day, maybe there's economic softness. Suddenly I'm in, okay, my next job is going to be, um, you know, at Hershey's in Pennsylvania, or it's going to be Apple and Cupertino. Like I'd have to make that jump and to, to kind of uproot my family every single time that happens, Mm -hmm. you know, to wherever that can, you'd already done it once. Yeah. Yeah, And, and so that was something where it's like, Hey, I, I am not opposed to moving. I think moving a lot of people have great experiences experiencing different cultures in parts of the U S it's more about, I want to make that call. I don't want it yeah. to be hoisted upon me to say like, hey, you're, you got to go here. Mm-hmm. And so this is one of the ways I was thinking about it. And this is before remote work was a thing. This is prior, this is all planned prior to COVID, right? But it's like, hey, how do I develop something that can turn into something that I can work full time at that really, you know, I'm in charge of my destiny and where I am and what I'm doing. Love that. So what, it, you've got your current
0: plan. I, I know you're working on the clusters your um, what is your kind of five year kind of longer medium to long term plan in the in the real estate space
1: yeah um, it's a, it's a great question it's one you know if there's anything about planning it happens it's it's sort of like you you forecast five years next year you do another five year forecast yeah. and you for forward, forward forecast forecast right and so um, we want to get good at this this game like mm-hmm. i think being an artisan in your craft is really key cottage clusters Feel like something that is going to be around in Portland for quite some time, and I know that this type of concept is going to span to other cities over time mm-hmm. because uh, housing affordability is not something just unique to the West Coast or the East Coast. Totally. It, is, it is going to be. Other I think, other states are going to see our
0: code, and they're going to they're going to say the same thing.
1: Right. Exactly. So so. Mastering that concept is going to, I think, pay dividends over time in terms of going to other markets, etc. So I think expanding into other markets would be something mm-hmm. we are actively looking at. The other um, aspect is as we start building this, this is a lot of effort to build cottages and a lot of, you know, capex, a lot of, you know, investment. Um, is how we take proceeds from that and and you know uh, take down, let's say, multifamily. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, you know, four all the way up to nineteen as we can, mm-hmm. and really make that part of our portfolio, right? So, I I, ex- so, experimenting with multifamily is is kind of the next thing because I think, at the end of the day, your 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 goal is is you can get money from development, but getting equity from holding mm-hmm. doors that work for you passively is a is kind of a. You know, it's something that we all are kind of thinking about. Yeah. So right. you're
2: thinking like uh, multifamily in the commercial sense? Yeah. Like larger correct. than four plus? Yeah, okay. yeah, for sure. Okay, awesome. And, uh, you know, we always ask this question of all of our guests, but if you were talking to someone who wanted to get started in real estate, what would you tell them?
1: Yeah, um, you know, <laughs> there's just, uh, it, it, it sounds kind of weird, but I think, I think know your analysis. Like get... Here's what I would say. Yeah, you run yeah. a lot of spreadsheets, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. I do. I, I I gravitate towards like let's open up Excel. Um, but but no, I, I I think that's part of it. It's just understanding the economics of it, right? So talk to people who have done it before, right? Because like if your first time, you know. Um, investor, you probably, maybe you're already thinking about it, but like, um, you know, how much do you keep in reserve? How much did you, if you don't want to self-manage, how much would that be? You know, what are the taxes? What's the growth rate of taxes? You know, how can you depreciate your, you know, your interest? Like, you kind of need to have an understanding of the mechanics. Um, and then I would say that 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 first step is somewhat scary. And, and I think that's part of it. Part of investing is opening up your risk appetite. I, I will tell you, again, my background, family with engineers, like, we're really risk adverse, right? And just grew up that sense. But once you did the first, year, you're like, hey, this isn't too bad. I can, I can stomach that, right? And and I I know like, it uh, doesn't feel comfortable to take out a, a mortgage on a home that's not your own, right? And then over time, you're you're doing more and more, but you get comfortable with that. And you you also it's a good experiment, right? You say, well, let's let's take a look at how it does. How do I cash flow? How do I improve that cash flow? Um, and, and so I think a, an initial gut check from you know whether it's a mentor or just go online, you know I. I think our first calculator was 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 built off of um, there's this a bigger pockets post around like like rental metrics on a on the back of a napkin. I literally <laughs> built everything on from that. It was just like here's cash on cash and here's like ROI go have fun, you know? And like right. I just did those and that ended up with, you know, me building on it. So I think again, um, you know, having a mentor look over your numbers or someone who's done it before, you know, a lot of a lot of people have and then and then also then um, Expanding on that and just be comfortable with the risk appetite, you know, start getting a little comfortable with that will will, will, will be one of those areas.
2: Yeah, and I was going to say that BiggerPox actually does have a calculator now. I don't know if they took it from the napkin and put it in yeah. <laughs> and yeah. built it, but, yeah, know, it does and,
1: like... Yeah, everyone has their, their own take on it, but it, it roughly gets to the same thing, and it helps you just think through it like you can think right. through what the business model feels like, yeah.
0: And so speaking of talking to, you know, an expert or someone that's experienced, if if someone wanted to reach out to you or, you know, ask you some questions, do you have like an Instagram where people can follow you at? Or, yeah, uh,
1: yeah. I, you know, uh, as part of owning your business, right, it's it's one of the things I'm building is a bit more of a, if you look at my Instagram profile, it's like, you know, my dogs from like 10 years ago. But anyway, so, <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, it's at J-A-S-N-H-S-U. Okay, cool. Yeah, so yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure you guys will yeah, post it. Yeah, we'll, we'll put it on there first and last year. Great idea. So we got—we're actually one of our. Um, we're just doing a short on one, the development on in Southeast Portland, so yeah, it'll cool. be posted in the next day or so, so you guys can see it and check it out. Cool, awesome. Yeah, man. Well,
0: thank you so much for coming on the show. Learned a lot today, and I'm really excited to share with our viewers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so very much for having me. Really right. appreciate it. Well, thank you.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Realized Gains podcast. If you have any questions for our co-hosts or guests, don't hesitate to reach out. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or at jordanleemortgage.com.